Let's pray this morning as we look to the word today. And if you have your Bibles, I'll ask you to turn with me to Luke 24, verse 36. Luke 24, verse 36. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you today. We love you so very much. God, And I pray over the next few moments, God, as we go into your word, God, that your spirit would move on us. God, if there is a person here today that does not know you, God, that they would uh, take that relationship to the next level, God, that they would get to know you through what is what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, Lord, and that you would uh, stir up those that have maybe uh, settled down in their faith, God, they're not as passionate as they used to be, but God, that they would go to that next place to know that you are so very alive, you are so very real, and God, if there are those here today, God, that are going through troubles, they're going through trials or tribulations, God, that they would know there is peace through what Jesus Christ has done through the cross and the resurrection. There is joy in the midst of sorrow and trials, God. And we just uh, celebrate today. We rejoice today in the peace of God through Jesus Christ. And somebody said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. title of this morning's message is, Why Are You Troubled? Why Are You Troubled? Uh, You know, there was a, a guy named John. I'm not picking on John Smith here today, but as he gets up and walks, all right. (laughs) <laughs> there's a guy named John. He met his pastor on the street on a Monday morning after Sunday morning had passed. He hadn't been able to go to church that day. And he, he began to tell the pastor, you know, in the parking lot of all of his troubles, all the things he'd been going through that past year. And, you know, the pastor listens quietly and, you know, nods his head. And, you know, and John, or he ends this story. He says, you know, I'll tell you right now, preacher, uh, it's enough to make a man lose his religion. To which the preacher replied, it's enough to make a man use his religion. Uh, And we're going to look today about trouble. You know, there's no shortage of trouble in this world. Uh, They're common to everybody. And Jesus does not rebuke us uh, for going through troubles and feeling troubled or going through trying times and and, and being concerned about our troubles. But he did tell us, uh, hey, you're going to have trouble in this world. But he taught us how to have a kingdom perspective along the way. He taught us how to uh, uh, go through those troubles in peace and to rejoice. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. How do we do that today? How do you go through trouble having peace uh, and having uh, a joy, a steadfast spirit? So look with me this morning, Luke chapter 24, verse 36. Give you a background to where we are. Okay, so we're at the resurrection passage this morning, and, and these, these ladies, they come to the tomb on, on Sunday morning. They find the stone is rolled away. Mary Magdalene, she bolts. She runs straight to Peter and, and John to tell them, and the other ladies are standing there. An angel had come earlier and rolled it away, and now two angels were there telling these ladies, hey, he's not here. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is risen, just like he said he would do. Uh, and so uh, we find ourselves right here, and then the disciples come, Peter comes, and they look, and they go back. And all, there's these appearances of Jesus. He, he speaks to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he spoke to Mary Magdalene. Now he's spoken to uh, these women, uh, these women who follow him. And, and now they just really don't believe it. Man, they're weeping, they're crying, uh, they're hiding from the Jewish authorities. Uh, they don't know if Rome's going to find them. And... Uh, they're just got the doors locked. Man, it's a horrible day. It's been Saturday. He's dead. We're, man, what are we going to do now? Or, or what's going on? Or what does this all mean? And all my hopes are in this guy. And so we find them here. They're locked in this 
this room, depressed, overwhelmed. They can't believe these stories. They're just, yeah, you know, ladies, how they are. That's what these guys, I'm not saying that, but that's what these guys are saying, right? You know, and, and, and so they, all of a sudden, Jesus appears. Now look with me, Luke chapter 24, verse 36. Now, while they're telling them all these things, that's that he, he's here, he's alive, we couldn't find him. He himself stood in their midst and said, peace be to you. Look at your neighbor and say, peace. Peace be to you. And it says they were startled and frightened and the thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands, see my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. So here they are. They're mourning Jesus' death. Uh, he shows them his hands and feet. And they're like, uh, he's asking them, he's saying, what do you believe? Why, why are you troubled? Why, why are doubts going through your, your hearts? And if you look at this literally in the Greek, he would say it like this. He says, why have you been troubled this Saturday? Think of it this way. Why have you been troubled this Saturday? What inner doubts have been going through your head? What are the thoughts you've been thinking this whole week or this whole weekend? And why are you why are your inner thoughts filled with questions? You know, I don't know where you are in your life and your walk with God. And some people probably have told you Jesus is alive. He's real. And maybe you're here today and that's why you're here, because someone's invited you to church because they believe Jesus is alive and real. I think Jesus would be asking all of us today, believers included, what's really going through your mind when you think about that I'm resurrected? What's really going through your mind when troubles and tribulations are coming uh, into your life? What's, what are you really thinking up in there? What, what are you, what's going on in your head? And so he asked them this. He says, why have you been troubled? What's the source of your trouble really? Why are these doubts going through your heart? And what's been going on through your head? Trouble. How many people could say, no, you don't have to raise your hand. How many people could say, man, my life has experienced some trouble? Amen. My life has experienced some trouble. Why? Why have you experienced some trouble? Let's talk about trouble for a little bit this morning. You know, uh, trouble is real. Trouble is real. And if you've ever lived long enough to know, you'll find out really quick, man, trouble's real, right? Somebody say amen. Trouble's real. Uh, it's not some fake thing. And, and anybody who'd say, well, if you go through uh, Christianity and, you know, all these Christians, they're just smiling all the time and they're perfect. Nothing ever happens to them, blah, blah, blah. And if they had my life, they would know where I'm coming from, right? That's not true. Christians know trouble is real. It's, it's something that we're promised. And it actually says uh, in this world, we'll experience various types of trouble. Man, uh, you think about today, we're going to have national trouble. We've got relationship trouble. We've got financial trouble. Man, there's moral trouble in this world today, even spiritual trouble. All kinds of trouble. Troubles all everywhere. And, you know, you think, and you go back to Scripture, you know, in the Bible, it talks about things, uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says things, you know, people think about uh, what tomorrow is bringing. Man, things to do. What do I got going on tomorrow? Somebody hopefully not thinking about that right now. Uh, you know, what, what are we going to eat this week? What are we going to eat after this? It, uh, when Pastor Heath hurry up and gets done, we have this big fish fry, you know. Uh, cl- clothing, shelter, finances. How am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to cover this big event? How am I going to get my kids through college? How are we going to uh, get to this next place in our life? We can be troubled through situations, through deaths, through disappointments, through discouragements. Uh, you can even be troubled, the Bible says, because of evil spirits. 
And uh, you can even be troubled, hopefully, because of persecution, because you're living a righteous life in this uh, hate-filled world. And now that I've encouraged you this morning, let's move on, right? Man, it's true, though, right? There's just, you couldn't list all the troubles you could endure in this world. And so, why is Jesus' death, when he comes and he shows up, he asks them, why are you troubled? Now, wouldn't you be thinking like, well, duh, Jesus, look at my life, right? Look, you were gone. I thought you died. And, and Rome's trying to kill us and Jews are trying to kill us. And, and I can't do that, you know, and, and we look at our lives, too. Man, well, of course, God, why do you think I'm troubled? God, look at my marriage. God, look at my finances. God, look at my past that's coming up in my face today. Look at my kids, how they're living. God, look at look at this situation. Look at that situation. God, why do you think I'm troubled? You know, we can get to the point in your life where trouble in that anxiety comes into your mind. And, you know, it can range from that, you know, general concern about something to that that point in your life where, man, you can't do anything but think about your problems. Man, it just absorbs you. You can't your whole mind is on it. And, you know, Jesus. He did the same. He had the same problem. The Bible says he was troubled to the point of death before he died on the cross. Because why? Trouble is human. Trouble is human. Some of the best Christians in this world will go through much trouble. Some Christians in this world will have the most afflictions. Why? Because the way to the cross is not easy. That crucifixion of the flesh is not easy. Even Jesus Christ had political trouble. He had relationship trouble in his own band of disciples. Man, he had spiritual trouble uh, with the Pharisees, even trouble in his own spirit to seek out the Lord's will in his life. He had trouble. We're going to have trouble. But it's okay because you know what? That way to the cross, uh, you're not alone. Jesus is walking ahead of you. Amen? I'm going to give you three questions today. Three questions to ask yourself. I know your trouble is real today. I know that you're go- some of you in this room are going through some very heavy, heavy things. It could be physical, it could be financial, it could be emotional, spiritual. But three questions I want to ask you today, and I think they're on the screen. Number one, why are you in trouble? I thought that was a profound question that he asked. He didn't say, I know you're in trouble. He says, why are you troubled? Why are you troubled? Why are doubts going through your heart? Why are you troubled in your mind? And I think if we look at this, we ask ourselves today, man, my life is a wreck. You say, man, Pastor Heath, my life is a wreck. And I'd ask you this. Okay, why are you in trouble? That's a good start, right? Why are you in trouble? Uh, have you been pursuing God's gain or your gain? Have we been pursuing God's glory or my glory? You know, the Bible says that we seek first the kingdom and all the things that we need will be added to us. And uh, it says that blessed are the persecuted uh, for their righteousness, for his righteousness. Right. Well, you know, if you undo those verses, it means if you're not seeking first the kingdom, God can't bless you. And if you're uh, persecuted for your own righteousness, for your own works, for your own mouth, for your own behavior, if you're finding trouble, uh, God's not able to bless you that way. So when we live a godly life, when we put God's glory first in our lives, when we put God's gain first in our life, it says that God is able to bless you even though you may have trouble. And so we look at that first situation. Uh, Why is my life a wreck? Why am I in this trouble? Is it for God's glory or is it because my glory has gotten in the way? Is it before? Is it for God's gain or is it because my gain, my my pursuit of riches, my pursuit of pride, my pursuit of the things of this world 
has gotten in the way. Maybe I'm afflicted because of my own doing, perhaps. I think sometimes we can look at our lives and find out we want to get that holy road and we want to say, well, I know that God is using this trouble in my life, blah, 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 right? Perfect me. And that's true. God does that. But I think sometimes we first start that question and say, why? Hey, no, 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 really. Why are you in a mess? Right? Anybody here this morning? Amen. Why are you in a mess? Maybe we had something to do with it, right? Well, hey, there's something good, some good news in here, all right? All right, why are you in trouble? Number two. All right, so God, I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm setting uh, this mark on my life. God, why am I in trouble? He's asking me, why am I in trouble? All right, God, is it for your glory or is it because my glory got in the way? God, is it for my gain or God, is it because uh, I'm, I'm seeking your gain? All right, so why am I in trouble? Number two, where am I looking in this trouble? Where are you looking? At the tomb, the angels come and they ask the ladies, they said, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Why are you looking for something that's alive in a place where dead things live or dead things lay, right? I think the same thing in our lives too. Man, man, I, my, I've got this situation in my life. Okay, why am I in this situation? God, have I been doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Okay, check. All right. Number two, where am I looking? Situation comes into my life. Am I looking to dead things to solve it? Am I looking to the works of religion to get me out of this spiritual condition? No, it's not going to work. Am I looking to the things of this world, Hollywood, the ideas that uh, this is how you have a happy life? This is what love looks like. This is what marriage looks like. This is what satisfies in life. No, those things are dead. He says, why are you looking for dead things while there is a living one? Right. And so we look at this situation, and say, God, where have I been looking in my life? Here's a problem. Here's a circumstance. God, am I looking to someone who is living? Am I looking to one I can have a relationship with? Where have I been looking in my trouble? What's the solution to my trouble? Has it been in the right places? And am I looking to a living Jesus? Number three, why? Why are you troubled? Where are you looking in trouble? And what are you believing in trouble? So I've got the why, God, I'm seeking your gain. God, I'm seeking your glory. Number two, God, I'm looking for a living one. You know what? I don't know what you're going through today. Jesus Christ is living. He is there to have a relationship with you. He's there to commune with you, to talk with you, to speak into your trouble. And, and sometimes we get so discouraged. We're looking to this or that. And he's just saying, hey, why are you looking for dead things when you have me? And he says, the next one is, what are you believing? You know, pain is real. You know, the thing about pain, sometimes it can cause a fake reality. We go through trial situations, we go through death, we go through disappointments, we go through all these different things. And sometimes, uh, you know, pain, uh, you put some, uh, you know, a hot iron on somebody or you put pain in, and it could be physical, it could be a mental, it could be a spiritual pain. Uh, you will do a lot of crazy things when you're in pain. You'll say, go to the hospital, give somebody some morphine and pain. They will cry out almost anything. You know, I mean, pain will cause you to not be yourself. Somebody say Amen. Right. You ever been there before? It could be spiritual. It could be emotional. Sometimes we get so deep in anxiety in this world. Our minds become so obsessed with this trouble and we get this skewed sense of reality. Pain hurts, you know, and in that moment, I want to give you some advice. When you're going through really heavy trouble and maybe you're not in it today, maybe God has given you this word for what's coming ahead. Sometimes when you're in pain or spiritual, emotional, physical pain, you can't trust yourself. You can't. 
You can't trust yourself. And so the Bible tells us to trust only one thing, and that's the word of God. We trust. We go back to Scripture and we say, God, what did you say? God, I know this is the situation, this is the circumstances, but God, what did you say? He says, why are you in trouble? Where are you looking in trouble? And what are you believing in trouble? Because sometimes in trouble and situations, I don't know what I believe. Man, God, are you really there? God, do you really love me? God, is this your plan for my life? God, I'm not quite certain. Or God, does the church really think this? Or God, is that pastor really that way? Or this church really that way? Or, or is she or he really thinking this about me? We begin to think all kinds of things. And the devil uses those opportunities. But the only reality we need is the truth in God's word. That's that faith without sight. Don't trust yourself in trouble. Trust the word of God. Trust the truth in God's word. You know, what happens in those moments is doubt and fear. They're really doubt and fear are these these killers. Doubt leads to insecurity. Man, it leads to a lack of trust. It leads to a lack of faith. And in doubt, you begin to question God. And and at at the heart of it all, where all that doubt and that insecurity leads into your life, it leads to a place where you become so uh, insecure with your relationship with God. You think things like this. God, are you are you really concerned? God, are you are you fighting for me? God, will you deliver me? God, can you deliver me? And that doubt and that fear comes into your life. And it's not only that doubt with God, but then fear comes in your life and you begin to fear situations in this world. You begin to fear people in this world and you begin to withdraw. The devil wants to get you lonely and isolated. He wants to get you disconnected from the body of Christ. He wants to make you forget about what your identity is, that you are a child of the king, that you are royalty, uh, uh, sons and daughters of the Most High. And we begin to fear. And I'll give you an example. The Israelites were delivered. God shows up in a mighty power. You know, the story of the ten plagues in Exodus. God um, parts the waters. You know, a big fire tornado comes down and, and, and the seas just envelop all of these, uh, the enemy. And they, he gets them out there into the wilderness and God is providing quail. He's providing manna, his bread from heaven. Man, he's giving them uh, water out of rocks in the middle of one of the most hottest deserts in that whole area. There's nothing for miles but sand dunes. And God is just providing And yet, the Bible says the Israelites were troubled at the Red Sea. It says that they were troubled about the lack of water in the desert. It says they were troubled when Moses stayed too long on the mountain. And he's going up there to get the tabernacle, or the tablets, and the, the, the way to build the tabernacle. Uh, it says they were troubled when the ten spies brought back the uh, bad report of going into the promised land. And we look at them and we say, man, you guys are crazy. Man, if I had seen, we get all holy, right? If I had seen... God, speak down fire from heaven off of a mountain. And if I had seen, you know, manna and these just birds, we didn't even have to shoot these birds. You know, they just fell down and, you know, they're right there. Uh, and, and all of this stuff, wouldn't I believe? Of course I would. Yeah, I'm holy, right? They were hungry. They were hot. They were thirsty. They've been wearing the same clothes, the Bible says, for 40 years. People were dying off because of old age. But, you know, yeah, and God, we saw the victories. But, you know, when you're out there in 120 degree weather and there is not a shade tree around and it is miserably hot and you are sweating and you don't have deodorant and neither does anybody in your family. And there's no running water. There's no toiletries. Right. You're getting leaves off of cactuses here. You know, come on. Right. I mean, it wasn't a, a good day. They were troubled. And we look at them and think, and we look at other people, I think, in this world, and we're like, 
why aren't they living more victorious? They know. they raised in church. They should know this. They know Jesus. They know this. And we begin to get this judgmental attitude about, well, they're going, look at their life. Man, they should live victoriously in that situation. They know the Word. God, God blessed them all their life. God showed up in their life, and this is how they're living. Look at this now. Come on. Amen? What are you believing in your troubles? When the worries of this world choke out the word of God, we begin to forget, just like the Israelites, the worries of this world begin to choke out this truth. Man, they were thinking wrong. The, the troubles, the pain in their lives caused them to think a, a wrong sense of reality. They begin to forget, hey, the worries of this world are choking out the word of God. They forget passages like Jeremiah 29 where God says, hey, I know the plans that I have for you and that I will deliver you. You know, I have a future and a hope for you. My my plans are good for you. We forget things like that in those times of troubles. And and Jesus, and back up to where we are today, Jesus in the same sense, He had told them before He left, hey, you're going to have troubles, but peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, but I give. I'm going to leave. I'm going to take you somewhere with me. But I'm going to have to die first, okay? And here's Saturday comes. Man, they're discouraged. They're distraught. They didn't understand it. They had a skewed sense of reality because of the pain and the situation that they were in their life. And he says to them at the resurrection, he comes to them and he says, why are you letting your troubles, your fears, your doubts rule your hearts and minds? That's what he's saying. He shows up and he says, why have you been letting this rule you? Don't you know the peace I gave to you? Don't you know the, the plan that I have for you? You know, and he could have he could have asked them, uh, I like think about this like <clears throat> like this. They probably would have thinking, OK, now, all right, Jesus, how in the world can you ask me why I'm in trouble? We might say something like this. Well, Jesus, what else should we be doing? You're not here, right? Where you been? Don't we do that sometimes in prayer? God, where you been? God, I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't heard you in a while, God. Uh, I've been kind of doing this alone. Right? Well, y'all got a lot of holy people out there. Y'all never go through nothing. Man. Whew. All right, I'm going to preach this way. All right. <clears throat> no, we'd say, Jesus, my problems are real. You know what he would say back? So am I. My problems are real, but so is Jesus. You may have real problems, but there is a real Jesus who is alive today. And he is asking, he's saying, why are you troubled? And I think he was smiling. You know, just, why are you troubled? Why are you troubled? Why are you letting doubts go through your mind? Because I am alive. And you know what? Look what he says. He says this. Peace be to you. He declares peace. over the. He had told them, I'm going to give you some peace. And then they get troubled. And he shows up. He says, why are you troubled? And he speaks it. A spoken word. I think he just shoots it into their hearts. He says, peace be to you. Like, it wasn't like, here's some peace. I think it was like a... Peace be to you. I'm, I'm directing this peace to you. And, and in peace can uh, mean this. It means without fear in the Greek or free from fear. How many people are free from fear today? Jesus shows up to a troubled group. And I love what the Bible says. It says he stood in their midst. You know what that means? Jesus is present in your troubles. Man, he is standing there in the midst of it. He's not just out there saying, hey, I'm up in heaven, guys. It's okay. You'll get here eventually as long as you make it. No. 
He is standing in the midst of the troubles. The Bible tells us that he stood in the midst of the storm. He said, peace be still. Same thing. In this troubled time in their life, once again, they see the same man who walked on the water come up to them and say, peace be to you. And he stood in their midst, in the middle of it. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but I want you to know this. If you would just realize Jesus is standing in your midst. He's everywhere. He's he's walking with us. He's trying to talk with us and he's speaking into our troubles and he's asking, why aren't you free from your fears and doubts and troubles? Uh, but he's not rebuking them and he's not rebuking us. He could have said, hey, where's your lack of faith? You guys are losers. You know, you should have got this by now. No, you know what he does. He shows up. He says, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you how real I am. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. And then, you know, if that wasn't good enough, he says, I'm going to show you that I'm a real person. And so he begins to eat with them. That wasn't just for fun because he was hungry. Jesus wasn't hungry. He wanted to show them, guys, I'm really, really real. And maybe that's a word for you today. Sometimes we feel like Jesus is the spirit out there and he's somewhere maybe out there and he might show up in our troubles. He might be there for you when you need him. You call upon him. But he wants you to know how really, really real he is. Man, he is willing to speak into your trouble. He's willing to show you, to reveal himself to you and say, hey, peace. You know, have, have the peace that I gave you. Don't let these doubts, these troubles. Why does this resurrection? You know, I think a lot of people don't really understand this, the resurrection. I don't think we understand what it really does for us. And I'll give you four, three things about this peace. It's a peace with God in the past, the present, and the future. The resurrection for us and the reason he could say peace to these disciples, the reason it means something to you today should be that not only does peace mean without fear or free from fear, it also means wholeness. When Jesus Christ died, Romans tells us uh, in chapter five, it says that we would be justified by faith. We would have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, because when we were still helpless and sinners at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Isaiah had told us, it said that. God would make peace for his people and he would do the works for them. In Isaiah 26, that he would accomplish the works for them. And today, the peace that comes with you uh, through Jesus Christ between you and God is a peace that comes. It says God is willing. He was willing to do the work for your peace, which means to make you whole, not only free from fear, but to be whole, mind, body, and soul, that Jesus Christ's resurrection makes you whole. It makes you healthy spiritually. It makes you healthy uh, mentally. It makes you healthy in your marriage. It makes you healthy in your finances. It makes you healthy for eternity. Wholeness. I think there's a lot of people in this world could, could use a lot of wholeness, a lot of a well-roundedness in our characters, our fruitfulness in God. And it says that we were justified, declared legally innocent in the Most High Court because peace... I tell you what, it says peace is a gift from God and peace was earned through a work. Today, you cannot work hard enough to have more peace in your marriage. You cannot work hard enough to have peace in your mind. Let me tell you, you can't turn off enough TV. You can't put away enough drama. You can't pick the right friends enough. You can't work hard enough to have peace up here. It's a hard thing to have peace up here. Sleepless nights, worries, troubles. Man, remember, they're all around. Peace is a gift from God, and it was bought through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He had to do the work. You can't do it. And, and it's this supernatural thing. 
Some people think if it's a state of mind, it's a state of being, and I'm going to do some yoga and meditation to find this thing. No, you can't have the kind of peace on your own without Jesus, right? It's a heavenly peace. So we have peace with God. Our past is wiped away. The old things have gone away. All things have become new. Man, I'm, I'm secure in who I am in Jesus. I know that I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that He's real. And I have peace that no matter what trouble comes, God has saved my soul. Today's a good day in Jesus. I'm not going to hell. The grave can't hold me. Death can't keep me. Man, it's a good day. I don't care if our house burns down, the car runs flat, or whatever. Today is a good day. I'm not going to hell, Miss Georgia. I've got an eternity prepared for me where God has given me uh, the justification, peace with God. The second thing is peace for the future. Man, Jesus comes, he says, hey, I've given these, I've spoken these things to you in John 16. You're going to have peace in the world. You have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. It's a hope for the future that in heaven, he says, I love this. John 14, 1, do not let your heart be troubled. You have a choice today. Do not let your heart be troubled. You see, we have a choice In those troubled times, we can say, God, I go back to the truth of God's word. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter how dim or disappointed it seems, God, your word declares, I have hope in the future. God, you are preparing a place for me, a dwelling place. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. But guess what? I'm going to come again to bring you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. There is truth in that. And you may get discouraged. You may feel like, God, I'm all alone. I'm going through this situation, this trial and circumstance. Open your Bible. Guess what? There's hope. God, there is a future for you. God has declared that over you. He's bought it with the price of His Son. There is a peace for your future. And don't be troubled about what tomorrow brings. What could it bring? What could it, literally, what could it bring that would overshadow the future that God has bought for you? Peace for the past, peace for the future, and peace for the present. He says, not only that, God could have just said, all right, I've gained, my Son's resurrection gave you peace. In your body, your mind, your soul, yet you'll be with, you'll saved, you'll be with me in the future. And he could have just left us alone to endure this world by ourselves. But in that same passage on the Mount of Olives before he left, he says, man, I give you peace, and I'm going to send somebody to you. I'm going to send you the Comforter in John 14. And he says, hey, don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. In John 20, he says, man, as the Father sends me, so I send you. And he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Today, you have a comforter. While you have peace with God and right standing with Him, and you have a peace for the future, there is also a living relationship with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. While you're going through these trials, while you're going through tribulations, that the comforter, man, He'll give you what to say. He'll remind you of the words of Jesus Christ. This is a living relationship, church. It's not a works thing. It's not a come to church and I'll be a better person thing. It's a, I'm living in a relationship with the Spirit of God who raised Him from the dead. And if He is living in me, he, I know He'll also raise me from the dead too. And you don't have to go through this stuff alone. I can't get over it that these guys, they should have believed the report. They should have believed the Word when the trouble came. But man, Jesus in His grace, He doesn't rebuke them. And God is not getting on to you today for having trouble in your life. You know, He died for your trouble. Man, He could, he could just judge us. He could tell us, man, you should know better. God, you, sh- you should have done better. He doesn't do that. He shows up in your midst. He speaks into your trouble. 
And he says, look how real I am. Look how real I am. Just look how real I am. There's a peace of God in Christ. And you can rejoice in tribulations. I'd encourage you to read Romans 5, where it talks about that. Man, God gives us a faith and it produces this fruitful character of us in Christ. He gives us a hope that's built on this unfailing love for God. And it's a peace that Philippians says passes all earthly understanding and keeps it guards our hearts and minds. What trouble today will you allow to be bigger than the work of Christ? Don't you think about that for a moment? What trouble will you allow to be bigger than the work of Christ? Will you make up your mind? Will you make up your heart to say, you know what? I'm going to rejoice in the peace of God through Jesus Christ. I may have trouble. Pain may come in my life. But there's one reality that I won't lose sight of. Man, Jesus Christ is my peace. And it's something so real. And maybe this is not even making sense to you. You don't even understand how do I have peace in Jesus. Uh, it's spiritual. Church, you've got to allow Him to come inside you. You've got to allow Him to speak to you. You've got to allow God to move on your life. I want to end with this. And the last thing He says, He shows up in their midst. He speaks into their trouble. He says, peace be to you. And then later on, the Bible tells us that he, when He stood in their midst, that the disciples rejoiced when they saw His hands and feet. There's something that follows this peace and it's rejoicing. He says in John 16, 22, He says, I'll see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Do you have a joy in Christ that no one can take? Now think about that. Is it so secure? Is your relationship with Jesus so real that you have a joy in Him that not a single situation can shake it. A peace in Him that no tribble, tribulation, no trouble can try it out of you. That Man, God is so very real. So very real. He's alive, church. He rose from the dead. He's coming back. And so, have peace and rejoice. Rejoice. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The Bible tells us today that who can accuse us? Who can condemn us if it's God that's justified? Who can separate us from God's love? Will it be trouble? No. Christ has died and was raised. And we overwhelmingly conquer all of our troubles because He loved us. Church, today, if you, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Have peace in that. Knowing Jesus today should make us feel, knowing that our sins have been forgiven, know that they've been washed away, there should not be a more joyful people on the face of the earth than we who have peace with God. Peace and joy. Peace be to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody moving or looking around. We just want to ask the Holy Spirit to be in this place today. And it's nothing that I can do, and it's not about Pastor Heath, and to God be the glory today. God is so very real. God is so very real. And so, Father, God, I ask in this moment right now, 
God, that you would just make yourself real to every person in this room. Make yourself so very real to every situation, every trouble, every tried life, every troubled spirit, every worry, every anxiety, every fear. God, that right now, that Holy Spirit, you would begin speaking to every person in this room to say, Hey, I'm real. Peace be to you. Peace be to you. Rejoice. Why are you troubled? Why are you letting doubts come into your heart? Why are you letting these doubts and these troubles be bigger than the peace of God? We have a choice, church. To say, God, I choose to stand upon the Word. God, that You are alive, that You are real. God has good plans for your life, sir, ma'am, young person, grandma, grandpa. God has a good plan for you to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. You're here today and you would say, Pastor Heath, if I...